0: pray that your word would go forth and encourage your people we thank you that you are present with us that your your presence this morning is palpable it's it's tangible we know that you are here we know that you have something to say to us and we pray that it would go forth and encourage your people and in Yeshua's name we pray amen (laughs) before I start I just want to say that some of the uh, research for this sermon and the quotes um, are from an episode of The Bible Project. Raise your hand if you've ever heard of The the Bible Project. It's uh, They have a series of videos and a podcast. It's really good. And this one is from The Son of Man, Episode 4, uh, uh, where it's called Power Over the Snake. So that's uh, what, what I drew from, and that's what the quotes are from. And uh, the guy that did it, his name is uh, uh, Dr. Tim Mackey. Uh, and Pastor Tim is, has a PhD in Hebrew studies, but he's very pastoral, and, and he creates a lot, all kinds of resources that are very helpful. And um, mostly, uh, you know, they're, they're growing in their knowledge of the, the, the fact that God is faithful to the Jewish people. And uh, they do have a relationship with Messianic Jews, and it's very cool to, to see that as well. So it's a, good, it's a good thing if you're interested in learning about the Bible. Anyway, now on to the sermon. <clears throat> dear Adam a letter to humanity dear Adam dear human dear Ben Adam son of Adam Ben Adam son of man child daughter son of Adam he made you in his image He is creative, he made you to create. He is love, he made you to love. He visits the sick and hurting, he made you to visit the sick and the hurting. He repairs the world, he made you to do tikkun olam, to repair the world. He is a shepherding king, He made you to shepherd and to rule. He rules over creation. He made you to rule and reign. He defined what was good. He made creation good. If you follow him, learn from him, trust him, you will be good and you will do good as he has done and as he continues to do he spoke and there was light and there was life he made you to speak light and to speak life into his good world by your words and by your actions he created order he gave identities names earth Ha'aretz, tree, eights, sky, hashamaim, fruit, peri, the greenness, yarek, life, chai. He delegated some naming to you, Adam, to give identity to the animals. The wild beasts of the field belong to you, son and daughter of Adam. He created order from chaos. The chaotic waters, the sea monster, the Leviathan, the beasts, the humans, they were all under his authority, under his dominion and order, and there was a goodness to quote Dr. Tim Mackey, pastor and theologian, this is actually Genesis 1. This is God's power over the darkness. God, he doesn't eradicate the darkness, he separates it from light and contains it and turns it into a cycle of darkness and light. That's an image right there in day one of Genesis. God doesn't eradicate chaos and death and evil and darkness, he rather makes it serve his grand purpose to bring about true and ultimate light then there's something happening here this is the battle of light and dark unquote and now to quote from the torah then god said let us make man in our image after our likeness let them rule over the fish of the sea over the flying creatures of the sky over the livestock over the whole earth and over every crawling creature that crawls on the land. God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the land and conquer it. Rule over the fish of the sea, the flying creatures of the sky, and over every animal that crawls. On the land. Rule over the animals. Adam, rule over the earth, the land, the beasts, the animal inside. Rule over the snake. Rule over the snake. Crush the ferocious beast that's outside of you. Crush the ferocious beast. It's inside of you. Rule over the snake with God. The snake is destruction, violence, anger. The snake is vengeance and greed and jealousy. The snake is deception, manipulating, using others. The ferocious animal wants that throne, wants the power, wants the authority, the control, the ability to say, this is good, not what you say is good, what I say is good. The snake is death. The serpent is the evil inclination. It's the accuser, it's the the sea monster. Here's Pastor Tim again. It's giving ourselves over to powers and thoughts and systems that take us not forward into life, takes us backwards into competitive, violent rivalry. The result and all of this is being destroyed. It takes us back into chaos and into nothingness. Tohu vavohu, waste and wild unquote as for the snake cursed is he above all the livestock and above every animal of the field on his belly he will go and dust he will eat all the days of his life God will put animosity between him and the woman between his seed and her seed you Adam You will crush his head and he will crush your heel you are destined to conquer him son of Adam Ben Adam son of Adam Cain God said this why are you angry why is your countenance fallen if you do well it will lift But if you do not do well, if you do not do good, tov, sin is crouching at the doorway. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. Sin is crouching at the doorway like a what? Like an animal. To devour you and to devour your brother, Abel but you must rule over it, son of Adam, son of man. There's another creation story, and that is the Exodus story. The sons of Adam, specifically the sons of Israel, were being fruitful and multiplying as God directed you to do in the beginning. Yet B'nai Yisrael, the sons of Israel, were fruitful, increased abundantly, multiplied, and grew extremely numerous, so the land was filled with them. Sounds like God's purpose in creation, right? Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. He said to his people, look, the people of B'nai Yisrael are too numerous. Rav, they're too great. Too powerful for us come we must deal shrewdly with them or else they will grow even more numerous so that if war breaks out they may join our enemies fight against us and then rise up from the earth is what it says in the Hebrew and what's the earth or the land Haaretz so the Pharaoh is thinking this about you son of Adam we need to grind them back Into the earth or they will rise up from the earth rise toward the heavens and defeat us they are being fruitful they are flourishing like trees they're being fruitful as their God the God of Israel the God of creation intended for them to do but I will thwart their purposes and I will thwart the purposes of their God we'll see about that another son of Adam Moses son of Israel had a staff he had a staff representing that he was a shepherd King here's what God told him when he called to him from the burning bush and Moses said but look They will not believe me or listen to my voice. They will say, Adonai has not appeared to you. So Adonai said to him, what is that in your hand? A staff, he said. He said, cast it onto the ground. When he cast it onto the ground, it became a serpent. Nachash, the same word as the evil snake in the garden. Same word. So Moses fled. (laughs) From before it you know because of all the imagery and because if that happened to you you'd probably run away too then Adonai said to Moses stretch out your hand and take it by the tail so he put out his hand took hold of it and it became a staff in his hand so God gave his son Moses power authority over the Nachash, over the serpent, the evil snake in the garden. Not only that, but all the beasts, the Leviathan, the sea dragon, in Hebrew it's Tanin, the chaotic sea monster. Moses had authority. Because his staff, that's his authority. That's his shepherding, because he's a shepherd king. In last week's Parsha, Vayurah, Moses displays his power over the serpent as well. Adonai told Moses and Aaron when Pharaoh speaks to you, saying, prove yourself with a miracle, then you are to say to Aaron, take your staff and cast it down before Pharaoh so that it may become a serpent. But there's a different Hebrew word here. The Hebrew word now is tanin. that's the sea dragon. That's the Leviathan, that's the, the, the chaotic sea monster. So Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh and did as Adonai had commanded. Aaron threw down his staff before Pharaoh and before his servants and it became a serpent. Not a Nachash, but a Tanin. This is why it's good to know Hebrew, right? Because if you're reading it in English, you don't know. Yeah, take a Hebrew class with Wayne or Eric. Where was I? Okay. So it became a serpent. And then Pharaoh called for the wise men and the sorcerers. And they too, the magicians of Egypt, did the same with their secret arts. For each man threw down his staff. And they all became Tanin. They all became the sea dragon. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Huh. Huh. Yet Pharaoh's heart was hardened. He did not listen to them, just as Adonai had said. The serpent, the Nahash, and the sea monster, the Tanin. this is Pharaoh. This is the kingdom of Egypt. These are the false gods of the Egyptians. This is that old snake from Genesis 3, set up against the purposes of God for life, fruitfulness, Love, order, and creation. This is a force trying to take over the throne of God by bringing death and violence and destruction into his good world. Psalm 74 looks back on the Exodus, the escape through the Red Sea, the waters of chaos like this. Yet God is my king of old, working salvation in the midst of the land. You split the sea with your power. That's coming up next week, right? We're gonna go through the sea in Exodus 15. You smashed the monster's heads in the water. You crushed the heads of the Leviathan, the Tanin, giving him as food to the desert dwellers. You opened up spring and brook. You dried up ever-flowing rivers. The day is yours, the night also is yours, you provided moon and sun, you set all the borders of earth, you made summer and winter. What does that sound like? Sounds like creation, chaos and destruction, and then recreation. Drying up rivers, dried up rivers now, now flowing, day and night back under the authority of Hashem. So now we've come to this week's Parsha and uh, we see the plagues of locusts and darkness notice all the callbacks to the creation story this is what it says the locusts came up all over the land Haaretz of Egypt and rested on the entire territory of Egypt again Haaretz so dense, there was nothing like it before them, nor will there ever be again. For they covered the face of the whole earth. And here the Hebrew word is not panim, the Hebrew word is ayin. They covered the eye of the earth <coughs> so that the whole land was darkened. How do you imagine that locusts could cover up the entire earth so that there's darkness? How would there be enough? But what if they covered up the eye of the earth? To the Egyptians, what was the eye of the earth? The sun. Hmm. So they covered up the eye of the whole earth so that the land was darkened. And they ate every plant, a in the land. And all the fruit, peri, from the trees, ate that the hail had left where do we see the plants and the fruit and the trees in the creation story no green yerek no green thing remained not a tree or plant of the field throughout all the land of Egypt this is a deconstruction it's an uncreation of the good world of God it's a reversal of the natural order back Backwards, back into chaos. The locust, a devouring animal, is ruling over the earth, and it's ruling over the sons of Adam. It's not supposed to be that way, right? We're supposed to rule over the beasts, but here, it's a reversal. The elements of the goodness of creation are being reversed, the plants, the greenness, the earth, the trees, the fruit, Notice, however, that God almost always reverses the reversal afterward because Pharaoh repents. Yeah, he sends a wind, and the locusts go into the Red Sea. God takes away the blood in the water, he takes away the frogs overrunning. The land creation chaos because of Pharaoh's choices and then restoration recreation and mercy on the most evil human up to this point that's our God that's the faithfulness of God right there so let's look again at the devouring beast what is, it, what is it in the rest of the Bible? What does it become? It's, it's Babylon. It's Egypt. It's the snake. Read in the book of Revelation. That's, that's the connection that's made in that book. Babylon, Egypt, the snake. It's pride. It's greed. And here's the irony. This is the interesting thing. The humans that try to elevate themselves And abuse others those are the ones that become low like the animals and the ones that trust that love that forgive that follow God's ways that lower themselves right those are the ones that rule over the animals that rule over the animal nature In trying to challenge God and authority humans become like animals devouring and hurting in trying to be servants humans become reflections of God in his goodness and light and life when we are not content to serve to love to trust we as humanity we become Babel what is Babel it's Babylon but first it's the Tower of Babel, same Hebrew word. The Tower of Babel is Babel, reaching up to the throne of God. And it's the same word for Babylon in the rest of the Bible. In our pride, we become ferocious, devouring animals, but there is hope. In Daniel 7, we get a glimpse of these kingdoms, what they become. Babylon, human devouring kingdoms, and we get a glimpse of the son of man. In Hebrew, Ben Adam, son of Adam. This is the one we've been waiting for. Because guess what? Adam, Moses, those humans, at some point they gave in to the inner devouring animal they did not fully surrender and trust God to rule and reign but this one the son of man described by Daniel is different but first we see terrible beasts these are human kingdoms of violence and power portrayed in this dream of Daniel as what devouring animals in the first year of King Belshazzar of Babylon which is Babel, Babel, right? Daniel had a dream and visions passed through his mind as he was on his bed. He wrote down a summary of the dream. Daniel said, I was looking in my vision at night and behold the four winds of heaven were churning up the great sea, the waters of chaos. Four huge beasts came up out of the sea each different from the others. The first was like a lion with eagle's wings. As I watched, its wings were pulled off, and it was lifted off the ground. It was made to stand upon two feet like a man, and the heart of a human was given to it. So this animal is actually a human kingdom of evil. And behold, there before me was another beast, a second one like a bear. It raised itself up on one side. It had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. It was told, arise, devour much flesh. After that I looked and behold there was another one like a leopard on its back It had four wings like those of a bird the beast also had four heads. It was given authority to rule After this in my vision at night I looked and behold there was a fourth beast terrifying frightening Tremendously strong with large iron teeth it devoured and crushed and anything that left that was left it trampled with its feet It was different from all the beasts that came before it. It had ten horns While I was pondering the horns, behold, another horn, a small one, sprang up between between them. The first of the three horns was uprooted from before it. And behold, this horn had eyes resembling human eyes and a mouth speaking boastfully. While I was watching, thrones were set up. Throne one or singular? Singular or plural? Plural. Okay. And the Ancient of Days took his seat. His garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was ablaze with flames, its wheels a burning fire. A river of fire was flowing and coming out from before him. Thousands of thousands attended him, and 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The court was seated, and the books were opened. That's Hashem. Hashem. I kept watching because of the boastful words that the horn was speaking. I continued watching until the beast was slain and its body destroyed and thrown into the blazing fire. As for the rest of the beasts, their dominion had been taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. If you've ever read the book of Revelation, it's saying the same thing as Daniel. God is dealing with these, this evil. He's, he's taking care of it. He's bringing his authority and restoration back. And this is the end of the vision. I was watching in the night visions. Behold, one like a son of man. Same word, Ben Adam, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of days, was brought into his presence. Dominion, glory, and sovereignty were given to him that all people's nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will never pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Yeshua the Messiah, the son of man, the cloud rider, over those ferocious beasts, Baruch Hashem. The son of man, is the phrase that Yeshua uses most often to describe himself have you ever read that in the Gospels the son of man is this the son of man is that right I believe it has two meanings one in the Hebrew son of Adam right the shepherd king that Adam was supposed to be in Genesis And number two it's that it's this figure from Daniel seven, the cloud rider, the son of man. This is Pastor Tim again. So this is Jesus's most consistent title to call himself. Then we talked about where he would have got a phrase like that and why that's important. It's a Hebrew phrase, but it's clear that he was referring to a key chapter in the book of Daniel. And that chapter is a dream Daniel had about a human who's getting trampled on by beasts that represent the empires of the world. Then God brings judgment on the beast and invites the human one to float up on a divine cloud up to the divine throne room and participate in God's rule over the world. Sit on a throne next to God, the right hand of the Father and be worshiped and served along with God, all of humanity, unquote. So to sum up, this is what the kingdom of Pharaoh that old snake looks like from creation to chaos you have animals ruling over the earth instead of the humans that's the locust. you have everything that is green and lush turning brown and fruitless you have the night and day cycle the the order that God created undone You have darkness for three days straight, and then light for Israel in their homes for three days straight. So that that order, that cycle is undone. You have hail, which was last week's parsha, all the plants being undone, all the fruit, all the fruitfulness being wiped away. And the last two plagues in this week's parsha, darkness and death. Are the opposite of creation what did God say let there be light are we done looking at that let's look at the kingdom of Yeshua from chaos to recreation that's a lot nicer right humans ruling over the animal nature and the snake this is what the kingdom of Yeshua brings from barrenness emptiness to fruitfulness and that includes the fruits of the spirit right because it's the spirit of Yeshua order in the elements of creation night and day and over the waters of chaos think about the Gospels for a second Yeshua said the son of man is Lord over the Shabbat. He's Lord over that sacred time, the order that God created in the creation. What about when there's a storm and he walks, he hovers over the the storm, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was formless and void, And the spirit of God hovered over the surface of the waters. You have restoration from destruction. What did he do? You have sickness and plagues, death and darkness, going to healing, light and life. What did he do in his ministry? He healed. He drove out unclean spirits. He drove out the evil spirits. And he's still doing that, right? He's still healing. This is still enacted. It was just inaugurated 2,000 years ago. It just started then, but it's still going. He's still king. He's still on his throne. So let us align ourselves with the kingdom of Mashiach, Messiah Yeshua, and let us humble ourselves and be content to rule and reign under his rule and reign. To be shepherd kings like yeshua a little bit more each day conform to his image as we relate to one another in love humility compassion let us read the gospels in light of genesis and exodus and let's understand what's going on here because the life and teaching and ministry of yeshua want to permeate our beings right we want to be the gospel right let's not treat others like a devouring animal but with love and humility sons and daughters of adam let us cling to and align ourselves with yeshua the son of man who humbled himself unto death was raised to life and then was raised to the throne above all other thrones. Abba, Father, we thank you that you created us in your image. Align us, Lord, with the kingdom of Yeshua the Messiah. We repent. We humble ourselves because... Sometimes we followed the other kingdom. And we don't want to do that anymore, Lord. We want to come back to you. Some of us, our hearts have grown cold and hard like the Pharaoh. And we don't want that, Lord. We want to have gentle hearts. We want to be a little bit more like you tomorrow and a little bit more like you the next day we want to be conformed to your kingdom all of us have fallen short in some way we can all think of something that we've done that's not part of your kingdom it's a part of that other kingdom so we repent lord we ask your forgiveness because you, you had mercy on Pharaoh. <laughs> you took away the frogs and the blood and the water and the locusts for Pharaoh. So, how much more will you do it for us? Lord, bring us back to you. Bring us back. Reignite the fire. Help us to follow you with all of our heart, to love you with all of our soul, all of our strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Um, please rise as you're able for part of the Elenu and the ironic blessing. I just want to say, by the way, if you would like prayer um, as a result of this sermon or just for any reason, um, feel free to, to come to me. And if you're online, uh, you can send me an email at rabbidavidwine at gmail.com and I'm happy to meet with you and pray for you. <clears throat> V'nei emar Adonai l'melech al kol ha'aretz bayom ha'hu, b'yom ha'hu, ye Adonai echad. Ush, thank you. Ushamo, Ushamo echad. Amen, excuse me.